When you're driving, there's a specific color that you do not want to see down the road. You could say it out loud if you want. The color, it's orange. Orange ahead of you means work in progress. It means construction. Orange means most likely there's going to be traffic that's about to slow your progress down. Orange means things may come to a stop. Orange means hurry. Look up another way on your phone to get around the construction, to get around the problem. Orange means our patience is going to be tested. Orange means you are going to have to put on your professional bumper riding skills in order to prevent somebody from cutting in. But orange means a work in progress. But let me ask you to think about orange and work in progress from a different perspective. Orange, work in progress. Orange could mean that narrow bridge on the interstate is going to end up being four lanes and will eventually save you time. Orange, that bumpy road with all the potholes is getting paved. Orange, the trouble spot you speak of every day on the way to work is getting fixed, finally. Work in progress. If you're in traffic, if you're honest, the pains of progress are not welcomed, but the work necessary in order to get there, to enjoy the advancement in life. If we're honest, the pain of progress spiritually, emotionally, physically are not welcomed, but they are the work that is necessary in order to enjoy the growth and the journey. We want the results of progress without the pain of progress. Today in the book of Acts, I hope to encourage you that you and I are a work in progress. And that should be a great realization. So let's have a little fun and cut a little bit of the tension. If you are at home or watching this online, I want you to practice with your family and friends. Don't try texting this to them, to someone who's not watching the message at the same time. This might be offensive. But for somebody that's around you, look to your left, look to your right, and declare with authority to the other person, you are a work in progress. And then have them say it to you and you respond, thanks for noticing. Don't respond. Speak for yourself or you should mind your own business. You are a work in progress. Give it a shot. In the book of Acts, our text for the past 15 weeks, there are moments where the church experiences numerical growth by the thousands. There are moments where they are reminded to stay committed to their calling, to take the name of Jesus Christ to the nations. There are also moments where the good news of Jesus is defended. Other moments where there's persecution, there's imprisonment, there's suffering. All these things ruled the day. But today I want us to gain some encouragement that we can be content as a work in progress because so were the people in Acts whose lives were recorded for us in Scripture. 
By the time we come to Acts 18, the apostle Paul is now traveling from location to location, region to region, preaching Jesus. His routine was that he would preach to the Jewish people first because this was his history. This was his background. And then he would step out of the synagogue and break away from culture to preach to anyone who would listen, no matter their background, no matter their relationship, no matter their religion, their ethnicity. But this chapter has a slightly different emphasis. As he enters the town of Corinth, essentially, if you were to look it up, it's the Las Vegas of biblical times. He forms a friendship with a married couple, Priscilla and her husband, Aquila. I want you to see today that you are a work in progress and you desperately need others to join you in the journey. Let's see this from Paul's life. Verse one, chapter 18. After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth and he found a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla because Claudius had commanded that all the Jews leave Rome and he went to see them. And because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked for they were tent makers by trade. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and he tried to persuade Jews and Greeks. So Paul arrives in this sin-filled city and his first relationship is with people who have the same occupation as him, but also share his faith. Now, I know you, you could just read verse one and two and three and say, oh, it's just a journal entry. But these people are more than that to Paul in the early church. Even though their appearance is brief in this story. Because as we step deeper into our It's Personal Journal this week, we're gonna encourage you to admit something, that you are not designed to live life alone. And in fact, the big idea for chapter four from the journal is, that we need to intentionally connect with the people that God has put in our lives. Paul was human. He needed companionship. He needed a working relationship. He needed the spiritual camaraderie of Priscilla and Aquila. Who do you have in your life that has common experiences as you? Who do you know that shares likes and dislikes that you share? Let me give you a word of encouragement, maybe a word of warning. If you're waiting to share life and share your struggles with someone after you have life all together, then you're never going to do it because you will always, Paul always, Priscilla and Aquila always are a work in progress. The more we seek out God working in and through other people, the more opportunities we are going to have to grow and share in our faith. Who are you sharing life with today? This is such an important question in the world that we live in right now. Who are you sharing life with today? If the honest answer is no one, then don't allow pride to keep you from lowering your guard and letting someone in. If the answer is no, let us see that Paul needed these friendships and he was a super missionary. You and I need these type of relationships. Now, let me go on record and say to everyone, not as an excuse, but as instruction, you're a work in progress. 
And people are going to fail you. People are going to disappoint you. Paul experienced disappointment and division, yet he kept going. He kept leaning, as we see in chapter 18, into new relationships, friends, family, people. They're going to disappoint you. In large part, because they, including me, you, we're a work in progress. This does not give us permission to treat people like trash and then claim, oh, I'm a work in progress. Sorry, not at all. What I'm saying is we need to extend grace as we expect it. I read this statement this week. It's powerful. It says, when people fail you, remember to give them as much grace as you expect God to give you. Intentionally connect. Build relationships built on truth and love. There's more to this chapter for each of us. Chapter 18 spans, believe it or not, over a year and a half of time for Paul. And his traveling as he pours into his teaching, his heart, soul, into the people. Now a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was an eloquent man, competent in the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus, though he knew only the baptism of John. The introduction to this man, to this passage, is amazing. Apollos from Alexandria. It was considered the intellectual capital of Egypt, and it had recorded to have a 700,000 volume library. The city built by Alexander the Great. He was a Christian Jew, Apollos was. He was mighty in speech, meaning he was a great orator, fantastic with his words and in his presentation. He was the man when it came to speaking. He was eloquent, mighty, powerful in his delivery. He was competent in scripture, it says. Because of his background, he had the opportunity to study and learn and read and become a student of the Old Testament because at this point, that's what they had. So he knew the Old Testament law. He knew the prophecies. He knew the information. He was taught carefully, Scripture says, the way of the followers of Christ. But what we're going to read, he didn't have the entire message. What he did have was the message and the teaching up to the point of John the Baptist, the beginning of the ministry of Jesus' life. John the Baptist served as the forerunner to Jesus' coming. He taught the need for repentance, to be baptized, to repent, to change your ways. But you have to remember, John didn't even see the crucifixion. He was beheaded. So Apollos was teaching all he knew about Jesus through the teachings of John the Baptist. Repent, be saved. Yet he was preaching with great boldness, fearless in the face of danger. And then two believers who spent time with Paul and were learned in the teaching of Jesus and the entirety of the gospel, they pulled him aside. This is amazing. Don't miss it in several ways. He was higher in society than they were. He was higher in his education than they were. He was higher in his status than they were. Yet he was willing to hear and critique, be critiqued and to be guided. 
As a work in progress, I must, you must remain open to encouragement and guidance. We also learned something important about criticism, which is another sermon altogether. Priscilla and Aquila pulled him aside. They didn't criticize him in public. Years ago, a mentor of mine said, praise in public, correct in private. Because the reality is, since we're all a work in progress, there are times where I am going to need to be the giver of guidance and criticism and critique. And the other times I'm going to need to be the receiver. Apollos could have looked at Priscilla and Aquila and said, I am well-trained. I am taught. I communicate better than any of you. But instead, he was willing to listen and grow. And what did they teach him? Scripture says the way of God more accurately. Let's reread verse 26. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue. And when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And when, they, when he wished to cross to Achaia, the brothers encouraged him and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. Now, we don't know all that Priscilla and Aquila instructed him. They had been with Paul. They were companions of Paul's. They were friends of Paul's. They had known the persecution that Paul had encountered and others. But by God's grace and mercy, they had been transformed. Paul had been transformed. And here they are having a conversation with this intelligent, well-communicating man, Apollos. Maybe it sounded something like this. Apollos, you're a gifted communicator. You have the words, you have the following, you have the memorization. But a few things have happened since your teaching and understanding of John the Baptist. And it's obvious that you have not heard the Jesus that you know of. Well, since you last heard about his miracles and teaching, he's been crucified. Apollos, he was killed. He was buried. But those who followed him around and listened to him teaching were mourning his death. And three days later, they went back to check on his body. And Apollos, it was gone. He had arisen. And Apollos, Jesus then spent time with them right in front of them. And scripture tells us, and we know about 500 people. They witnessed him, Apollos. Your teaching about John is incredible. But you have to know the full message of Jesus. You don't have the complete story. In essence, you need a little bit of an update. You need the complete picture of the movement of Jesus. You almost have it all. But let us connect the dots for you. It's the same as when your phone needs to be updated. And the roads in your whatever app you use to find directions need to be corrected. Have you ever had that happen to you? Recently, we were in Beaufort, South Carolina. Yes, Beaufort, South Carolina, Beaufort, North Carolina. I know the difference, all right? But we were heading out for a treat and the GPS tried to get me to turn down this side road off of a side road, off of another side road. And I was quite sure that if, it, if I turned down that road, that it would lead to the end. The directions needed to be refreshed, completed. Apollos needed the same complete message. He needed to be refreshed. 
And this is what Priscilla and Aquila did for him. I believe if the book of Romans would have been available to them, I think they would have opened it to this page and they would have shared this. Apollos, do you not know that all of us who've been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. For if we have been united with him in death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin, Apollos. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died to sin once for all, but for the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. You see, within these verses, and this idea given to Apollos is the power of the gospel through repentance. It's the completion of the story of the wonderful act of salvation through the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And Apollos, you've got to tell them in the future that they're set free from sin. Tell them about Jesus, his complete life, his action, his sacrifice. And Apollos, it doesn't simply stop at repentance. Tell them, repent, and that God performs a miracle. They become alive in Christ. Apollos, tell them, recognize your failures, mistakes, and find hope in Christ. Surrender, Apollos, is more than just, I'm sorry. When I first got married to Emily, I was not, and I'm still not great at saying I'm sorry. I would say something like this, I'm sorry, I hurt your feelings, and then I would follow it up with something great like this, but you shouldn't get your feelings hurt so easily. You see, I sort of said I'm sorry, but it was incomplete. It was not enough. But I also know that there's been many times in my life when I've hurt someone and I've gone to them and apologized. And when I say I'm sorry, it's one thing. But you know the weight that's lifted when someone says back to you, you are forgiven. Apollos, Priscilla and Aquila are saying to you, to this man, sent to encourage other believers. It's more than I'm saying, I'm sorry. It's the act of God saying you're forgiven. To release the knowing that this life is not the end, the release of knowing that I am no longer enslaved to sin, it is the power of the gospel of Jesus. I know we need to be emphatic in our call to repentance, but we must equally declare the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives that will lead us into every battle that has conquered death. So after taking this guidance, after taking this instruction and critique, Apollos begins to preach again. He moves on to the next place and listen to what happens. The disciples and the followers of Christ encourage him to continue to go and teach, to train, to communicate. 
the need for repentance and the grace of God. So what does this have to do with us today? I think it has everything to do with us as individuals and as a voice of the grace of God. When we repent of our sinfulness, the forgiveness of God enables godly living. But too many of us are living a life. We make the same mistakes. It's like an insincere apology. We say, hmm, I fall, I apologize. I fall, I apologize. But listen to me. When we come to God with our sinfulness and we humbly say, God, I have sinned against you. And you are the only one who can renew me, change me, and heal me. Then scripture says God replies by unleashing his power, his forgiveness, his might, his strength, and the guidance of the Holy Spirit in our lives. He equips you to turn from your past and charge into battle and life and live a life that's pleasing to him. Apollos, he had an incomplete map. You and I have the completed map, the completed direction that we must live our daily faith, knowing that when we repent of our sinfulness, the forgiveness of God enables godly living. You can't do it without him. Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? This is the relationship that matters the most built on the very things we just recalled. Admission of sin, confession of Jesus as Lord and Savior, and the resurrection of Jesus. Trusting Christ to forgive, to unshackle you. As a work in progress, I must allow people in my life to guide me, to encourage me as Apollos. But I also must allow people in my life that are gonna to point to the truth. I desperately need people in my life, but I need the right people. I need the people who are tell the truth about something that they view in my life spiritually out of love. You need people who out of love for you will speak truth to you, who will confront sin compassionately, encourage indefinitely, listen intently, and handle your personal life with great confidentiality. But also don't forget, intentionally connecting to others means that you need to be the person to point to truth for others at times. So what I want you to see is the power of this guidance, the power of truth and growth in the story of Apollos. He's been given guidance. He's been given a critique. He's been given wisdom this brilliant scholar, this preacher who could have shunned the guidance and progress and said, I don't need to hear a thing from you. Instead, he allowed people to pour into him and it changed the lives of others. The latter part of verse 27 says, when he arrived to this new city, he greatly helped those who through grace had believed for he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, showing by the scriptures that Christ was Jesus. Lesson learned. When we make progress spiritually, we are equipped to help others do the same. But somewhere along the way, you're going to see orange. 
in the signs of your faith. Work in progress. Don't, don't continue this relationship. Work in progress. You're running from God's word. Someone's gonna throw up a work in progress. You're trying to take it the easy way out and not mend the relationship. You're trying to go around it instead of fix it. Work in progress. Truth spoken, received, changed. Work in progress. We are all a work in progress in order to better pursue his purpose in our lives. Paulus, brilliant, gifted communicator, but he needed the whole truth. Paul, missionary, independent, but he needed friendships to go along in the journey. Priscilla, Aquila, believers who befriended and spoke the truth in love in order to protect the good news of Jesus. Let's never stop making progress, even when it's painful. I'm a work in progress in order to better pursue God's purpose through my life. Let's pray together. God, I pray that we are encouraged today by your word. This four verse sub story here that exists in the middle of this grand story of a brilliant scholar who needed the whole truth. He had to receive it. He had to be critiqued. He had to be informed of the truth. He could have rejected it. He could have continued forward, but he listened to believers who loved him, who loved the truth of Jesus. And he went away prepared and ready to refute false teaching. He was a work in progress. I am a work in progress. And may I see in my life the, the orange cones, the, the warning signs, and I see them and don't say, I'll take another way around to get there easier. No, in fact, I'll go through it to make progress so that I can be used for God's purpose in my life. Thank you for the example of someone willing to listen and someone willing to speak the truth in love. Thank you for the example of Paul, a super apostle, super missionary, needing friendship and support. We need these relationships as we continue to live a personal life with Jesus Christ. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.